Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Nonprofit Exchange. We have, as always, we have special people, but these people are really special because they invited me to participate in the foundational strategy building for their vision for bringing amazing resources to others. So I wanna introduce uh, these two people. Russell, hello, say hello from Denver, Colorado. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here, and great to be here with Mark and Mitzi. And I'm looking That's, forward to a wonderful chat today. They're doing yeah. great work here. Russell and I co-host this, and we uh, we uh, have some fascinating conversations with uh, people that are doing amazing things. So this particular chain of interviews is about people who are doing real things in the real world, and the ones we've done previously have been organizations that have been in existence for a while. This one is a young organization, but they're really making some traction. They're doing some really good stuff. So I wanted to interview them about how they got started and what kind of traction they're making and what their plans are and how they impact people's lives. So Mark, let's start with Mark Hattis, and then you tell us a little bit about your journey who you are and why you're doing this, and then uh, throw it to Missy, let her introduce herself and her role in this. So welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange, Mark. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, great to be here with both of you, um, good friends, and Mitzi, my journey's dream, or one of them. One of the things that uh, I had the um, pleasure of doing early in my career is I built and sold a tech company. And about nine months after that, I had a very unique experience where I uh, started experiencing the world much differently than I had previously and went into what's commonly called mania. I was diagnosed bipolar one and uh, was in and out of the hospital for three times over a three year period and was told right away that I would not get well and I would be on medication the rest of my life. And the most we know about the brain we learned in the 1990s and, you know, kind of the world of psychology and stuff was still navigating what was really going on. Uh, it was unsettling to leave the hospital with that kind of uh, prognosis. And it was uh, inspired maybe two months after that, after I had an unusual experience where I was terrified that I was going to have to live my life with my brain in the mode that it was in. Um, so I started to uh, seek solutions and thank God there were solutions out there. Uh, there are amazing practitioners, amazing resources, and I applied them, I practiced them, and I got well. So for over three years, I've been off all medication and have been very healthy. And over that course of a period of time, I met Mitzi and her husband Rex and her daughter Brea. 
and learned about what was happening in their life. And we joined together to start what's called Hattisha International Foundation, which its project is called Journey's Dream to help those with mental health challenges find resources and get to a place where they could really um, believe again that they could get well and then have the uh, strength and fortitude um, and the tools to start to go out and navigate you know, their health and well-being and the best support mechanisms that could serve them. And so we're a hub that creates that environment and we're still building, uh, but we've had some great traction so far. Mitzi? Uh, my name is Mitzi Montague Bauer and my son Journey uh, became symptomatic in his uh, senior year at University of Michigan. And at first we just thought it was his quirky behavior or something we, we really didn't understand the magnitude of what was happening until he graduated and came home. Um, he was diagnosed with, he had several diagnoses, it actually didn't um, present the same way each time. And so uh, the first doctor thought he had schizophrenia and after that he was diagnosed with bipolar and depression and somatic disorder and a lot of them actually. Uh, and he was he told was told the same thing that Mark was told that he would not get well and there was no cure and that the best we could hope for was to manage his symptoms and that would be with a lifetime of medication. Uh, I didn't want to believe that I didn't believe it and it seemed that the more he heard it the more he began to believe it. Um, during that time I spent just countless hours looking for the solutions that we now know are available, but they were difficult to find. And I spent a lot of time searching um, for any solution, really, that had a different prognosis. Um, I think that by the time I felt confident with the solutions and the collection of uh, modalities that I had collected, Journey was no longer interested. In the beginning, he was open to help. He um, wanted help. But by the time I felt like I had the answers, he um, had isolated himself and I didn't seem to trust anyone. And so it became apparent to me that if we had had these solutions in the beginning, perhaps there would have been a different outcome. Uh, Journey, after three and a half years of struggling with um, his mental health um, and being told he would not get well, he stepped off a, a building and uh, ended his life. So because of the lack of, um, well, the solutions were there, but they were difficult to find and there wasn't really um, one place to find them. The vision that we share is that there would be a place that if a family member or a loved one or someone who was struggling landed on uh, our site, that they would have a whole solution, a whole collection of solutions possibilities and to meet them where they were. And those, those solutions are, could be medication, Certainly there's a place for medication um, and a whole slew of other opportunities. So. Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, really an, an important message. Um, so Mark, um, just to de declare that um, Center Vision is, has been working with this project from the onset and we, uh, <clears throat> we started putting together the pieces actually in, in Mitzi's basement with Mitzi, her husband and her daughter and you and me. And um, we worked really hard for a couple of days just kind of getting our head around what this looks like. 
what um, that was uh, not really the starting point, but it was the launch point where you were able to then say we're doing this for real and we're moving moving ahead. Why did you decide to put this in the framework of a tax exempt charity? Well, so there are. Um, I had built a for-profit organization, and when I started to learn about the power of the tax-exempt organizations, it allows for um, people to give to a cause that they believe in in the way that they can and have tax benefits. So it gives people an opportunity to donate funds, um, provide in-kind services, for example, an organization helping us with our technology for our practitioner network and they're donating all the framework and um, developing it even so that would cost us quite a lot of money um, otherwise and because it's for the greater good of um, the broader population we didn't really see a need for any one of us or any group to own it we wanted it to be available for all and we're the stewards of it. So we really looked at from the beginning, this organization being something that's um, a gift to all of those people who were in a situation like journey situation, a situation like my situation and the many that exist out there tax exempt just made a whole lot of sense. And when we spoke with, um, Sharita Herring, she helped us kind of get that set up and then re-educated me, retooled my brain along with you on what the power of tax exempt is and how much funding is actually out there and available um, in support. So we took advantage of, um, you know, your expertise and knowledge to uh, set this up right from the beginning. And there is, there's a lot of power in um, philanthropic giving, both in individual donors. And we were on a call with Sarita last night. She's, uh, she's one of our, our partners in Center Vision. Uh, and actually, she helped me create my foundation years ago. Um, so she's sort of the queen of, of nonprofit information. She knows the right stuff. And, uh, of course, we've been on a journey equipping the, the, the culture to then step up to where you, you, you need to be. And I have been impressed with how systematic you've been. You've not tried to short cycle anything. You've, you've taken things in stride in sequence and really let the different stages of this play out and mature without cutting it short. So I, I commend you for that. So many people starting organizations like this want to get there and want to get it done. And they really leave a lot of stuff in the garbage on the side of the road uh, on the way. So you've been very systematic uh, in developing this. So I commend you for that. I know, uh, Russell, I know a little more about this because I've been involved with them for a year and a half. Um, so we're, we, are, we decided we worked together for 365 non-contiguous days. <laughs> so it's, it's been a pace that, that's been very logical. Um, Mark, you've, you've um, created some programs and you've done some beta tests on the program. So uh, talk a little bit about who those programs are for and the impact that program has had and will have on people's lives. 
Yeah, so the intent long-term is to have a whole hub of many programs, and we have a few um, through affiliate partners, but we also, um, one of the things that we um, co-created with Ruka Group is a program called the Optimal Bean Program. And the Optimal Bean Program is absolutely, by far, the core of what I did to navigate the brain um, dynamics that were spinning around in me and get to a place where I could start to navigate the world in a more healthy way. Um, there's three things that occur in the Optimal Being Program. One, the awakening of the inner guidance system. And it's really incredible that every human being innately has an inner guidance system, but so many people have conflicts within it and they have programming that has them doing things on automatic co you know, automatic decision making that's not really constructive for their life. So what this does is it helps to soften that, release those um, beliefs and ideas that aren't really um, serving us anymore and get to a place where the inner guidance system um, is listened to and it comes alive in us and it really leads us to what's optimal for us. You know, Mitzi mentioned, you know, hey, sometimes medication's really the optimal thing for someone in the beginning stages. And so go for it and do it and listen to those doctors, you know, believe the diagnosis they give you, but don't believe the prognosis if they're not telling you that you can get well. And so allowing for that inner guidance system to come on gives people confidence. It gives them courage and it's a healthy courage and it realigns their personal um, code of decision making from one that could be negative and destructive to one that's always constructive. So that's a key thing with the Optimal Being program. Another thing that happens there is community. There's people that come together that are also going through life's challenges. And so to learn these tools together and to come to a, uh, a community where people are in a like situation or like minded, they're seeking solutions. Um, that accelerates everyone's health and well-being and ideas are shared in there that you know the facilitators may have never thought of but one of the you know people who is participating um, is contributing you know as well so people are both giving to the group and they're receiving from the group because it's a combination of self-instructional program as well as a weekly online um, part of the program too and the other thing is there's metrics so at the beginning of the Optimal Being program, we allow someone um, to go into 10 categories of their human behavior. Um, and these are things that are like self-love, you know, and how is that going for someone? And if love of self is really low, they're maintaining love while thinking about themselves is really low, there's some tools that we teach to support increasing that. The maintaining love while thinking of others, maintaining love while actually um, approaching truth. Um, and so there's 10 of these categories. And so we measure that in the beginning. And then at the end of the 13 week program online, uh, we measure it again. And it's fascinating to see how dramatic people change. And these are core human development skills that can be taught to a fifth grader um, or even younger. But when someone integrates them into their life, whenever they face something that's a challenge, instead of going to historical patterns of coping mechanisms, 
they start to have tools that are foundational human tools to start to realize what potential lies within them and have it start to come out into the world. And the transformations we've seen in corporate leaders, um, people who thought they were actually doing fine, and, but they wanted to get to the next level, and people who have had challenges is just profound. So it's not for just people who are having, uh, I forget, I don't, I don't know how to, how to title it, but severe emotional issues. It's not just for, for people in that, that, that profile. No, no. I mean, it could be, you know, someone's going through a, a breakup in a relationship and they're sad. It could be a loss of a loved one and they're, you know, going through that, that grieving process. Um, a light, you know, it could be any number of things that creates in someone the desire to seek something where they're going to feel better. And when people feel better and they get to that place of a joyous, and Mitzi knows well about this too, they get to that joyous place in life. One of the things that starts to occur is their um, life kind of self-perpetuates itself in a positive direction. And so we want to help people um, navigate through that and it's, we teach our opposite of the way that they were taught in the world, you know, when they were growing up. And so it's like a rewiring a bit of some of the uh, uh, processes that they had been using. And Mitzi, I don't know if you want to add anything, uh, you know, to that part. Josh, I think you did a beautiful job summarizing. Um, so Mark, what's the name of that program? It's called the Optimal Being Program. B-E-A-N? Uh, B-E-I-N-G, like. Someone who's being. <laughs> it's my age and mental condition. Sorry. E I N G. It also, and we've got you know tools and technologies. There's an app online, you know, that's actually free. Uh, people could go download uh, if they do a search on their phone on Ruka Group. They'll find the Optimal Being app. It's a powerful app that helps to uh, heal relationships with the commitments tool, and to main practice maintaining love and, and they're breathing properly as they face a challenging situation. Would you spell Ruka? That alone is healing. Spell Ruka. R-O-O-K-H-A. R-O-O-K-H-A. Correct. Okay. Ruka. You might be able to type in optimal being and get it um, at this point too. Uh, it's, it's been up there long enough. I think you could type in either one. Optimal being, O-P-T-I-M-A-L-B-E-I-N-G, okay. Um, yes. so, so, Mark, this is not coaching, it's not counseling, it's not therapy. What, uh, nope. it, what is it? Uh, we're kind of like a group of people who've been there and have navigated this, and so we're educated mentors. Um, I'm someone who has gone into it and out of it. And so I have, um, when someone does that, they develop a certain set of skills that can support others in getting to a place of hope. Uh, I don't think anybody in our organization, you know, Mitzi, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that every single person in our organization, we see the human beingness in a person and never have we seen any kind of diagnosis and some kind of illness because it's just not the way we look at it. We look at it more like there's a great analogy of the caterpillar to a butterfly and imagine that the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis and then everyone starts to say how awful they are 
because they don't look like a caterpillar anymore and they're stupid and they can't do this and they can't do that. And, and the caterpillar is transforming. And if we suppress that transformation, we're going to have some funky looking caterpillars, right? If they didn't allow the chrysalis process, they're probably going to be angry and frustrated and, you know, kind of grumpy and eventually fall into depression because they're denying their natural innate transformative state. And when somebody actually goes into um, who it is they truly are and they do it with the um, tools that exist in many different forms, we just happen to give them in a very, you know, the way that we learned them. It's, um, it supports someone having the courage to do what they're innately guided to do. That's why when I was mentioning the inner guidance systems, it's like, it's just listening to yourself, but letting go of all the noise that was in the way, creating conflict within the person. I love it. I love it. Mitzi, um, I've appreciated you on our, our team calls and our live work together. Um, you ask really good questions when everybody else is letting it fly by and wondering what that meant. You say, wait a minute. Um, so your attention to detail is very acute. Um, but you, all, you always ask it in a very uh, generous and kind way. Instead of, you know, putting anybody down, you say, would you explain that again? Is it, is it this or that? So um, first off, uh, you talked about your son. And this, this project uh, is named Journey's Dream. Um, but why did you step up to want to be in this core team of four people? This, I guess it's four people. Um, this core team of champions that are really making it happen. So talk about yourself and then talk about the other two uh, that aren't here, Rex and Brea. Okay. Well, that inner guidance system that Mark was just talking about was um, what led me to be one of the founders. I, again, saw a deficit when you look at the mental health uh, situation on the planet and um, the suicide attempts and the actual suicides um, and the message that people hear when they get a diagnosis is one that you know we wonder why there's a stigma but when you when you get that diagnosis if you got a diagnosis of schizophrenia and you went home and googled that um, well that would put you right into depression I think but you know you probably wouldn't want to talk about it it's it's the, the prognosis is, is awful and so I would love to see the core messaging changing around um, mental illness. I mean, what or what would have happened with Journey if he was told that he was in a transformational process or that he could get well? And that's a different message for young people. And a lot of people who are experiencing these uh, states of mania and what have you are brilliant. They're you know on the genius spectrum, and so they're just um, navigating different things than we are. And I think if they had the tools that are available it there just would be a different outcome entirely and so I was motivated by that and because I was being guided to and uh, the other two founders are uh, Rex Montague Bauer my husband and Journey's father uh, Rex and I have been students of these principles that are um, the core a lot of the core uh, principles of the optimal being we've been students for a while of that and do our best to practice those in our lives um, our daughter Brea is the fourth founder, Journey's sister, and she's just a brilliant human being, compassionate, and uh, we're all kind of inspired by the same thing to 
see uh, a different outcome for people who receive a mental health a diagnosis or who are just challenged in general. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a high functioning team. Y'all work really, really well together and that's not the case for every team. Um, uh, Russell, um, I met Mark in the very first ever Center Vision Leadership uh, Empowerment Symposium. And I think it was called Leadership Excellence then. It was in Chicago. And Mark uh, met me at a CEO space gathering the week or two before, and then he decided he'd sign up and come. And we got connected there, and then we, we had conversations. And he, uh, he checked me out for about a year before he, before he realized, before he, he wanted to make sure it wasn't a flake and I was there to stay. But then we started working together. But we've had some very deep conversations over time. And um, I'm, I'm really a fan of Mark and Mitzi and, and the team, as well as what they're doing. Um, so we've been on a journey ourselves. And I'm, uh, Mark, thank you for inviting me on the journey. It's been a pleasure to be there with you. And it's, mm -hmm. it's touched me in, in many ways that I hadn't realized I could be touched. So it's, it's been an important journey for me just to watch and, and participate. I want to see, um, Russell, what do you, what do you see in here that you want to comment on and um, have you, I'm sure you framed a couple of questions you'd like to throw back at our guests. Well, I'd like to thank you both for coming here and, and sharing your story because there's, there's, a, you got very powerful whys and, and that's critical to, to everything. And the idea of paying it forward. And what we're talking about is raising our level of consciousness. And this is something that everybody can do. And there's a lot of power in interacting with people who get it. Uh, and there's a lot of fear and stigma around the idea of a mental diagnosis, but a diagnosis does not define you. And uh, just looking at alternative complementary type solutions is very critical because it's not all about popping a pill. It's about a, a, a mental and emotional and spiritual connection and going within and finding that thing that is inside you that can make all things better. Now, to be fair, I think Hugh scared you off with the, see, Mark was probably an earshot when you let loose one of those age and mental condition things. That's probably <laughs> You know, he does that every once in a while, but he's, he's a brilliant man. Thank you. So, so you know, how did you, how did you, uh, and I know that you had a long journey to figuring out that the idea of raising your consciousness and being around other people who experienced the same thing, how did you come to the conclusion that this was the actual solution? Tell me a little bit about how that journey took place. Um, well, First, I don't know that it would be fair to say that it was the actual solution, uh, meaning if you're referring to, are you, are you referring to my own health or, you turn, or the creation of Journey's Dream? Well, the creation of Journey's Dream as a, as a yeah. way to, to, to move forward is really, uh, and that's, that's just kind of my term for raising your level of consciousness is connecting with that inner well, part of you that's that's strong and valuable and 
so power to transform you. And I apologize, I misunderstood the question at first. So with regard to how do we discover that Journey's dream is the solution? Um, we, you know, it goes back to trusting that inner guidance system uh, and listening. You know, one of the things that we discovered along the way is we want to be very collaborative, you know, with other organizations. Uh, we want to be inclusive. Um, we believe that there's a place for medication and there's many organizations who've kind of gone through mental health recovery processes who are really against the medication. Like if I didn't have the medication, I'm not sure that I'd still be here. So it served me well while it served me. It was more that there was more and it stopped serving me at some point in a way that I felt like I could really achieve my heart's desire. So we wanted to um, give people access to programs like Optimal Being Program where they could tap in and tune in and, and get to that higher, as you said, consciousness that's going to optimally serve them and give them other tools that could meet them where they are today. Because they may not be seeking that today. They might just be feeling really miserable and not want to get out of bed and they would like to wake up one day and feel a little better. And so they're not seeking some lofty thing, but to them, that's very lofty, you know, to get back in touch with who is it that they really are and what is it they're really here to do. So we had a belief that if we as a group take care of the stuff that was in our system that was not going to serve journey stream that we would always know the optimal next step and the optimal step we were in would have the proper attention and focus to be executed optimally. So like we just did a, uh, an event in November at soldier field. Our first event ever was at soldier field in the midway room there. And there were a couple hundred people there. Um, but more than that, it was, um, DBSA, the Depression Bipolar Support Alliance, was there supporting this, and NAMI of DuPage and NAMI Metro, and they were bringing in, like, NAMI Metro does stuff with the arts. Like, I'm not a big art kind of person, but to see what they're doing to give people who are struggling with mental health the opportunity to sing and play music and, and really explore what it is that's going on inside them in a different way, and that's extraordinary. And... Um, there was a faith-based counseling organization that came and supported called Samaricare. And I'm not going to necessarily remember them all right now, but they're, they all came together in collaborative support to paint a vision. You know, there was a VA organization in Illinois joining forces that came and the Illinois department of human services was even there. That's unheard of in my world before that, you know, to see these groups come together and say, you know what? We're going to stand for something, which is we believe that there is a path for all people to get well. We may not know it today. There may not be a cookbook recipe that's on the shelf. But when we start to bring resources together and collaborate, that's when solutions can be found. That's when the optimal support can come out. And we had a half dozen practitioners that committed to come and they spoke and they changed people's lives just by 
letting people know that these doctors who see patients every day were telling them something different than what they had heard in the hospital, which is you can get well. And just to hear that from another doctor, all of a sudden, all their belief systems around what their condition is collapsed. They had to walk out of there with a remodeled and reconfigured belief system that, oh, well, if they say I can get well, then, then I can, right? That is a huge thing. And then we had um, a few celebrities there who were extraordinary too. I mean, David Stanley, who's Elvis Presley's brother, was there sharing his story and the story of uh, Elvis and the opioids and, and that process and, and giving people hope, you know, that they can get to the other side of that and his own depression and, and stuff that he's been going through. And the founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation talking about how he had PTSD um, early on in his career and his partner, had took, you know, he took his life. Um, but because uh, Frank Shankwitz dealt with it in a different way, and found a solution for him, Make-A-Wish Foundation exists today. Uh, you know, one of the most successful not-for-profits. And that was another reason we wanted him there, just to let people know that, hey, there's, there's hope for people struggling. But also we wanted him there to, to express that Journey's dream might be at the beginning, just like Make-A-Wish was after he was going through his you know, recovery process and had an opportunity to do something you know, pretty cool. And these not-for-profit organizations can be run like real companies and provide real services, real value, uh, create income streams that produce impact, you know, that's huge. And I think Make-A-Wish is doing a few hundred million a year in their overall umbrella. That's the kind of organization we see building, you know, a global organization that can have that impact. And that's why we hired Hugh, because... If we're going to build a sustainable, real organization, we wanted someone who's been there, done that. And Hugh Ballou helps not-for-profits all over the planet, you know, to do and set up for success. So if you've got something you really believe in and you have a passion behind it, trust yourself and hire the resources that are truly going to help you in your situation set up for success. Well, thank you for that. Um, I certainly had enough rehearsal mm -hmm. doing this. Um, Mark, uh, Mitzi, tell, tell people where they can go to find out more information. Uh, well, you can go to our website, which is journeysdream.org. That would be a good place to begin. Plural, journeysdream.org. Um, and what will people find there? Well, they will find our website which we are going through the process of making some changes to now as we've grown in the four months that we first launched the website but they'll find a um, beginning of a, a practitioner's network they'll find um, the optimal being and other resources that we are offering and um, there will also be a place for practitioners we're um, inviting practitioners to join us if they see fit and so there's a place for practitioners and there's a place for family members or people who are um, struggling, looking for solutions. And so they'll, they'll see what solutions we have and they'll see the vision for what we have for our future. And did you think when we were in your basement putting these little sticky things on the boards, uh, this would go here in this, this period of time? No, sir, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, go ahead. One more thing, um, 
from a contact standpoint, we, we've grown within a handful of weeks to over 600 followers on uh, Facebook. Okay. Um, so if you go to the Journey's Dream Facebook page and follow us, you'll be not only getting things about Journey's Dream, but things about mental health and um, really innovative approaches and solutions um, over time. So we encourage people to do that as well. It's, so what's next, Mark? Uh, what's next in, in your radar of accomplishments that are on safe for 2018? Well, so right now, uh, in a, a week, uh, December 4th, we're launching a, another Optimal Being program. And so anyone who's interested in that, uh, it's a 13-week program, and you can go to the website under educational programs and uh, click on Optimal Being. You'll be able to read more about it and uh, sign up, register if you'd like. So that's one thing. Um, 2018 is going to be a year of automating that program so we can get it to a lower cost, forming uh, additional partners and building out the practitioner network and building a fund so that people who can't get the kinds of care that insurance doesn't cover, um, that they can get some additional support um, in paying for those services. Because some of the services that I've had the benefit of, they don't take insurance. Um, so we want to really educate people about those, but also uh, be good uh, stewards of funds that come in so that part of those funds get allocated uh, to really address uh, one of the biggest issues in mental health, which is it's really expensive to get the good care that you know is really going to help someone navigate their own life to a healthy state of being. Awesome. Awesome. So journeystream.org. Um, there's resources now and there's resources that are coming and, and the Facebook page is also called Journey Stream. Yes. Okay. Russell, what do you, what do you think? I'm thinking I love what you're doing. It's wonderful. And I'd like to say that I've looked at the website. There is something there for everyone who's been touched in some way with with the mental uh, diagnosis of a mental illness you have to face that fear there's a lot of fear there's a lot of stigma around that but it's important to connect with people who get it mark and mitzi get it if it's you if it's a loved one go to journeysdream.org uh, and get connected talk with somebody Happy Giving Tuesday, by the way, and it is Giving Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So take a few minutes after this broadcast to go to that site and plug in. If you do nothing else, subscribe to the email list, get the information, and give it a listen. Because a lot of the things that, that you, we see for solutions here, they're not the conventional things. They're not the things that people tell you, you know things like mindfulness. Some of this stuff might seem like it's touchy-feely, but it saves lives. Take a minute to consider something a little bit different than what you've been taught because your life's on the line. These are folks who've been there and they get it. And it's facing that fear and knowing that, yeah, there are some other solutions, but they're only solutions if you take time to plug in and do it. So go to Facebook, go to the web, 
get plugged in, make a donation, sign up. This is a gift to give yourself and maybe a loved one for Giving Tuesday. So that's my two cents. Again, thank you so much, Mark and Mitzi, for what you're doing here because you're saving lives. And this is going to grow beyond anything you ever imagined. Thank you, Russell. Thank you. Thank you, Hugh. Well, that's really good. I would uh, like to ask you to think about a, a closing thought, and um, I'll ask Mitzi to go first, and then Mark. But while you're while you're thinking over how you want to leave a closing impression, a closing challenge, a closing thought for people, um, I'm gonna. Uh, our podcasts are made possible by our sponsors, our magazine, our website, and the company that prints nonprofit performance magazine is called Word Sprint. Bill Gilmer and his team are champions. But if you run a charity, Bill's champion program for donor relations, maintaining those donor relationships is so key. They want to know what's happened to the money. And so Bill's longtime tested mailing program, people get something in the mail that lets them know what's happened as a result of their donation. And donations remain constant. They go up. People invite others to donate because of this. It's, it's top of mind marketing, but it's really relationship building. So go to wordsprint.com. There's a tab to click for a free consultation. And I find that many, many, many charities have donors, but they don't have programs to keep the donors informed. So wordsprint.com, go there, get a consultation, see how you can maintain and build those people that support you as donors, and it's so key to your charity. So as we wrap up here in this really good story that you guys have shared, Mitzi, what's your closing thought for, for our listeners? I guess I would like for everyone to challenge themselves when they see a homeless person or someone who looks different than them on the street or on the bus or in your community. Don't make an assumption that you know uh, anything about that person. They may have a PhD. They may be, like my son, have a degree in economics. Uh, Mark, who's brilliant. Um, just extend compassion. Look them in the eyes as a fellow traveler who's you know, sometimes on a challenging path, but please offer some compassion. That would be my thought. It's something that has changed in me um, since Journey's experience, and I would love to see more of it in the community. Great. Thank you, Mark. Um, so if you could think of one person in your life who is struggling now or who has struggled in the past, I would say just reach out to them and give them the URL and say, saw this podcast, this Facebook live, and it looked interesting and let them know that it exists. Because one of the things that I experienced early on is people don't know how to talk to people who are going through a challenge. Um, and we want to change that. We want to give them those tools. So whether it's a mother or a father or a son or a daughter or a friend or spouse, what is it that we can do to really, you know, support? So if you can, this one thing you can do is let them know that you're thinking about them. So whether it's sending them the journeysdream.org site or Facebook page, you know, that's not the point. The point is let them know you're thinking about them and send them things that could be constructive, you know, that could really help them. If they deny 
that they are able to be helped. They may not like it, but you know what? Someday they'll remember it because all people can find a path to health and well-being. And allow yourself to be in the face of those experiences. Be the presence of love. You know, be that which we're all called to be. So if someone does come at you and say, well, hey, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have done this, and they're triggered, recognize that's going on inside them, but do it from love. Not because you want to heal them or get them better, but do it from love that, hey, as you think about them, think about what it is you could do to really be of service. Awesome words, awesome words. Um, Russell, thanks for being here. It's so, such a c consistent supporter. Mitzi, Mark, thank you for sharing your story. It's been powerful indeed. My pleasure. Thank, thank you so much for having us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>